You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Brewers on Tap. And welcome to episode number 54 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Ling Grindle, your host. It's an all-star break edition of Brewers on Tap, and we have a lot coming your way, a lot of news and notes, some updates for you on the minor league side of things for the Brewers. And we sit down, as we do every month, with the general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, David Stearns. Let's start in with the news and notes from this past week. And the big news, or note, is Aaron Hill traded to the Boston Red Sox last Thursday for right-handed pitcher Aaron Wilkerson and infielder Wendell Riho. Hill was acquired with Chase Anderson and Isan Diaz, you remember, before the season started in that Gene Segura, Tyler Wagner trade with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hill really came out and, and performed strong for the Brewers, specifically from May 1st on. And uh, he was able to be turned around for a couple of prospects for the Brewers. Wilkerson's an interesting story. The right hander's a 27 year old. Very unique backstory. Dominated in Cumberland College, an NAI school. Then he had Tommy John surgery. He went undrafted. He pitched independent league baseball before being discovered by the Red Sox and has had a fairly quick rise through the Red Sox system. He's made nine AAA starts this year, and in 52 innings he struck out 57 while allowing just 13 earned runs. He has a four-pitch mix. He has a fastball in the low 90s, probably upper 80s, low 90s, where that's going to sit for the majority of the time. Curveball slider changeup as well from Aaron Wilkerson. Could get an opportunity with the big league club this year, depending upon injuries and other things. So keep an eye on Aaron Wilkerson. He is on the verge, and he begins his career with the Brewers in AAA with Colorado Springs. He threw four innings of scoreless baseball in his first start for the Sky Sox back on Sunday. Wendell Rijo is another interesting story. He's a 20-year-old uh, out of the Dominican. He was a top-20 prospect for the Red Sox, and the middle infielder started the season at A. That's a pretty aggressive assignment for a 20-year-old, admittedly, and he struggled. An average under 200, he was moved back down to Class A advanced in the Carolina League, and he's found much more success hitting 270 since going back down to Class A advanced. Now he's with Brevard County in the Florida State League. A pair of hits on Monday night for Wendell Rijo. Got a chance to be a pretty good offensive player and play in the middle of that infield. The Brewers now really have accumulated a bunch of middle infield prospects with Isan Diaz, Wendell Rijo. Of course, you already know about Orlando Arcia in AAA uh, as well. Gilbert Lara down in Helena. There's a lot of middle infield prospects right now in the Brewers system. Well, when the conversation of the best catcher in baseball comes up, one Brewer has put himself back into that conversation with an incredible rebound season. Jonathan Lucroy named an all-star this past week. He participated in the events in San Diego on Tuesday night. The backstop throwing out 39% of would-be base dealers this year, framing pitches at an elite level, hitting 304, 11 home runs on the year. It's really not too bad, and uh, he played pretty well in the Midsummer's Classic as well. He got in late, collected a single in the eighth inning off the Yankees' Andrew Miller. The American League did win 
the All-Star game by a final of 4-2. to two. On Tuesday, the Brewers claimed relief pitcher Rob Scahill off waivers from the Pittsburgh Pirates. 25-year-old right-handers also pitched for the Rockies in his career. He has a career ERA of 3.89 and has made 15 appearances this season for the Pirates. He was optioned to Colorado Springs. And this week in review, as we look back at the games that the Brewers played over this past week, obviously a little bit smaller schedule on this one with the All-Star break upon us and with an off day on Thursday. But uh, beyond those significant notes, the Brewers went 1-3 and three this past week, dropped the finale to the Nationals with that series in D.C., and then dropped 2-3 or three to the Cardinals at Miller Park over the weekend before the All-Star break. Friday night's win over the Cardinals featured two home runs from Chris Carter, and a blast from Jonathan Lucroy. The Brewers walked off with a Jonathan VR RBI single in the ninth. Jeremy Jeffress got his second win in the effort. So at the All-Star break, the Brewers are sitting at 38 and 49. And here are some notable projections for the rest of the season for members of the crew. Ryan Braun, who's hitting 312 this year, projected to hit 24 home runs and 82 RBIs. 30 doubles as well for Braun. Jonathan Lucroy, who's hitting 304, is projected to hit 20 home runs and 78 driven in, 30 doubles as well for Lucroy. And Chris Carter, who's hitting 230 right now, 41 home runs projected, 95 driven in projected for Carter, and also for him, 30 doubles. And Jeremy Jeffress on pace for 43 saves at the All-Star break. Well, last Friday I had the chance to sit down with GM David Stearns to chat about the first half and the upcoming trade deadline. Let's break it down. Welcome to Brewers on Tap TV. I'm Lane Grindle, joined by Brewers General Manager David Stearns for our monthly sit-down with the GM. And well, it's been a busy month. Seems like they, they all are busy months, but uh, you've wrapped up the draft. We talked to you in advance of the amateur draft in June. And now it's that busy season where you're getting guys signed and you're starting to look at that July 31 trade deadline. So there's a lot going on right now. There is a lot going on. Baseball, the baseball calendar moves in cycles for us. So we start out in the offseason, we're looking to construct the team. Then uh, pretty much as soon as, as the season gets going, uh, we're looking uh, ahead to the draft. We spend a lot of time focusing on the draft. Once the draft comes, we turn our attention to uh, the trade deadline and signing those players. So we're in that phase right now where, where we're obviously um, looking at what's available uh, in the trade market. Um, we've signed a lot of our players, very happy with with how that process has gone and the type of young talent we've been able to acquire and bring into our organization. So it's been a productive uh, productive month since we last spoke. Aaron Hill traded on Thursday, and that's kind of been the big news of the last week. You move him to Boston, uh, and in return, a couple of very interesting prospects. Let's go through um, what you were looking for in return for Aaron Hill and Wendell Reho and Aaron Wilkerson and what they bring to the table. Uh, absolutely. So. Um, First of all, Aaron did a tremendous job for us here and um, really had, had a profound impact on our team from the minute he was acquired. Uh, became a very popular player in our clubhouse, a leader almost overnight in our clubhouse. And so um, what he's done here um, will, will allow us to grow as an organization. I think he's impacted a lot of our, our younger players in our clubhouse. Um, fortunately for us, he performed very well on the field as well. Um, and as a veteran player who performed that well, we knew we were going to receive uh, some trade inquiries on him. We knew there were going to be interest uh, at a high level from a number of clubs, and there was, and, and it happened fairly early in the process for a guy like Aaron. And so we were able to, to talk with those clubs, and, and ultimately over the last really day or so, um, it came together pretty rapidly with the Boston Red Sox. And 
We were able to acquire two prospects um, at varying levels of their development yeah. um, with obviously very different backgrounds and stories, but, but two guys who we think are going to be able to, to impact um, the major league level. Wilkerson is, is a starting pitcher um, who's at AAA right now, a very unique backstory, uh, pitched at Cumberland in Texas, uh, went 27-2 and two there, and then had Tommy John surgery and went undrafted and uh, really fought his way back and, and never wanted to quit. The Red Sox did a, a great job scouting him in independent ball, signing him, and ever since they signed him in, in 2014, he's just blown through their system. Uh, to the point now where he, he's knocking on the door of, of a major league career, and we're very excited about that. And then Riho um, is another young middle infielder that, that we're adding to our stash. and He's an A-ball player right now, very athletic, um, has, has very strong bat-to-ball skills and the ability to get on base. And so we're happy to, to add uh, both of those players and just increase the amount of young talent we have in our organization. Now, Riho, a guy that uh, was in double-A for portions of this season, struggled a little bit there, but he's 20 years old. That was an aggressive yeah. placement for him. And since he's gone back to advanced days, had a lot of success again. He, he has, and 20-year-olds and, uh, in double-A in tend to have a, 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 a tough time at first. Yeah. Uh, he was no different. The Red Sox made the, the decision to send him back to advanced day, and, and since he's gone back to um, what's still a fairly aggressive age-appropriate level mm -hmm. for him, um, he's performed very well, and so we're, we're comfortable that he'll go through the normal progression that prospects go through, and um, and he'll have success up the ladder. You know, we, you and I have talked in the past, David, about middle infield prospects, and certainly you have acquired a lot of those yep. uh, in the last nine months plus, and Riho becoming another one of those guys. W what is your philosophy? Obviously, you want to be as good as you can be up the middle, number one. But, are, I mean, are you pretty flexible with these guys, too, in terms of flipping them from shortstop to second base? We've seen Arcia play some second yep. base. We've seen, you know, we saw Yadiel Rivera do that coming up through the system as yep. well. You want these guys to be able to play both? We, we want our players to be able to play as many positions as yep. possible. And there's a fine balance there between getting them really good at one position or allowing them to expand their versatility. And uh, we see it all the time at the major league level when guys come up here, they're forced by need to play positions that perhaps weren't their primary right. position. Uh, coming up through the minor leagues. We're seeing that with Hernan Perez right now and yeah. playing a lot of right field. And uh, we want to get all of our prospect, prospects exposed to as many positions as possible. So in, in Riho's case, I, I would imagine that you'll see him at second, you'll see him at short, you might see him at third a little bit. Uh, he's an athletic kid. We think he can handle all three. Uh, and it will certainly only further his development if, if we get that added versatility. You mentioned the interesting story on Aaron Wilkerson, and it really is an incredible one. He's 27 years old. He had the Tommy John surgery, pitched an independent ball, and he's done nothing but succeed since being a part of the Red Sox system. When you looked at him being a part of this trade, was it starting pitching depth even maybe this year that was one of the things that really appealed to you? Certainly. A number of things appealed to us about Aaron. Yeah. Anytime you see a player with the type of performance that he's generated throughout the minor leagues, it, it, you take notice. Um, we certainly did a lot of work into his backstory and, and how he's gotten here. Um, and when you can acquire a player who's that much closer to the major league level, uh, it, it only adds to the, to the value um, that we believe we're acquiring. So um, Aaron could certainly be here this year if the needs ar need arises. Um, he, uh, he's, he's put himself in that position uh, by consistently really dominating double and triple A. So looking forward to seeing that continue. Uh, he'll report to Colorado Springs at this point, and, and we'll take it from there. And speaking of Colorado Springs, you, you were just there. You got a chance to see the Sky Sox, and quite a few of those guys are up here right now. You brought up Andy Wilkins for a bat before the All-Star break, and 
connected to this trade, Will Middlebrook's going to get a lot of opportunities now as he's a part of the big league club. Absolutely, and that's something we talk a lot about as an organization is when we, when we bring in guys um, who then go and have success at AAA, we want to make sure we're providing them the opportunities at the major league level. Um, it's not only uh, good business and fair to them, right. um, but also helps us get premium type uh, minor league free agents in the future when we can show that we do give players opportunities. So um, we're seeing that now with Will Middlebrooks, Jake Elmore, um, certainly Hernan Perez has, has mm -hmm. been uh, an example of that, and, and Andy Wilkins as well. And um, as we look towards playing time as, at third base now, I do think you'll see a lot of Hernan Perez and Will Middlebrooks. Those are the two guys who are likely to get the um, majority of additional at-bats there at this point. Um, and we'll take it from there as the season goes along. The, the good news is, is we feel like we do have infield depth. Um, Aaron's shoes are, are big shoes to fill, yeah. obviously, given the type of production that he's given us this year. Uh, but we do feel like we have options. And Will Middlebrooks obviously was doing some tremendous things, specifically over the last six, seven weeks in Colorado Springs, which is encouraging to see. It's tough to get too caught up in win-loss records at the minor league mm -hmm. level, but but just the same, that Sky Sox team starting to win a lot of games. It seems like they have taken off as a club a little bit. They are, and I, I was just with those guys. It's a um, it, it's a very good atmosphere down there. Triple A clubs. Uh, sometimes you can have guys who are bitter that they're not in the right. major leagues, or or um, or it can be a difficult a difficult attitude sometimes. And those guys have done a wonderful job coming together as a team. The staff down there has done a very nice job. So it was good to see they're playing good baseball. And uh, and while winning is never going to be our primary focus in our minor leagues, if we have good players and they're developed and coached well, the output is going to be uh, winning baseball down there. And we're seeing that at a, at a couple of our levels right now. And, of course, a couple other moves that we, we touched on. Uh, Zach Davies to make room was optioned down, but he will, he will make his next start still. Absolutely. Uh, and then Yadiel Rivera uh, brought up today to replace Aaron Hill on the roster. So, you know, it, it's nice that you have some guys that are getting some big league experience, but you're still finding ways to get them at bats at the AAA level when maybe those opportunities aren't going to be there as much for some different stretches throughout the season. That's exactly right. And so um, we are getting guys major league experience. We also want to be cognizant. Um, that we're not stunting development by yes. sitting on the major league bench. Right. So we've had periods where Keon Broxton has been up here, um, a player who, who we still think very highly of, mm -hmm. um, and the playing time because of our outfield rotation has been a little bit more intermittent. Um, and so to get him more regular playing time, we've, we've sent him back down to, to Colorado Springs, allow his development to continue. And I imagine we'll see uh, a continuation of this back and forth for a couple of these guys over, over the remainder of the season. And another guy in AAA is Josh Hader, who got moved yep. up from Biloxi maybe a little over a month ago. And um, you know, mixed results. He's had a lot of good starts. He's had a couple of tougher starts. And that's always part of the territory, obviously, when you're pitching in Colorado Springs. But named to the MLB Futures game, which is always a huge deal. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing for him. Yeah, it really solidifies Josh's status as one of the top starting pitching prospects in baseball. It's something um, we've known for a while. Uh, I, I've been fortunate to have a lot of experience with Josh dating back to my time in Houston and uh, he, he's a pitcher who works very hard um, he's clearly got a, a very unique delivery and a unique arsenal um, that makes it very tough on hitters and um, the angle he throws at the deception that's that's in his delivery and, and the life on his fastball uh, make him very difficult to square up um, we've seen that throughout his minor league career I think we'll we'll continue to see it and uh, if he keeps going at this pace, um, he's going to have a pretty, uh, a pretty good major league career as well. What are the next things you guys want to see from him? Is it, is it more efficiency with the pitch count? Is that, is that one of the top priorities probably? Cer certainly we want to see him have the ability to get later into games. Um, 
he, uh, he generally goes deeper into counts. He gives up a lot of foul balls. And that's not unusual for younger pitchers yeah. um, with big arms and big stuff. And so he's going to learn and will continue to learn how to harness that stuff. Um, he'll learn what pitches play best and which counts. And once he does that, really, the, the, sky's, the sky's the limit. Two other guys at AAA that are um, you know, not talked about as much prospect-wise, but kind of like Aaron Wilkerson. All they've done is performed at the levels you put them at. Kyle Wren. Uh, and also Nate Orff, who yep. I talked to Tom Flanagan last week, and I, I know you guys are very excited about what Nate Orff is doing. Both those guys really performing well in Colorado Springs. Absolutely, and you, you love to see that. You love to see guys taking advantage of opportunities that are given to them. Both of those guys have, have been seeing significant playing time in AAA, mm -hmm. and they've been some of the, the, the more consistent players in that league right now. Uh, and getting back to that concept of versatility, those are two guys who have versatility. Yeah. Nate Orff can really play all over the field. Kyle Wren can play. Uh, all three outfield positions. So two guys to two, two very good guys to have in AAA right now. Class A advanced Brevard County. You also have just recently seen them and number one draft pick Corey Ray is there and he's been able to get his feet wet, a couple of hits, he's driven in some runs. What did you see from Corey? Cor Corey's playing well. He, he's Corey Ray. He's hitting the ball hard. Um, he's running around the outfield. He, he's, uh, he's running well on the bases. Um, these first couple of months for, for any newly drafted player is really about getting acclimated to pro ball. This is the first time in their lives where this is now their job. Um, and, and there is a different feel to that uh, when you're showing up to work every day at the ballpark yeah. instead of showing up um, to play for your collegiate team, or your high school team, or your summer ball team. And so, uh, so Corey's doing a good job with that, uh, with that adjustment. He's working hard. Um, our staff speaks very highly of him. And so uh, certainly excited for him to get uh, 150 at-bats or so here the rest of the way. Um, then he'll, he'll, he'll get some much-needed rest over the offseason, yeah. um, and we'll get him back out here for his first full season next year. You have a couple other very interesting prospects that came via the draft in June. Lucas Ersig has been off to a great start in Helena, and if he continues that pace, you guys may have to think about challenging him more before the year's over. No question, and, and he's done exactly what you hope a, um, a, an established college position right. player is going to do when you send him uh, to a shorter season league. And, um, he's adjusted well. He's clearly putting up great numbers. And if that continues, uh, we will have to think about challenging him a little bit and, and getting him moving. Uh, this isn't surprising us with him, to be honest. Yeah. We, we, we figured he could hit that. All of our reports said he was a pure hitter, and he's, he's done that. A lot of people didn't know if Chad McClanahan was going to be signable. And so he fell down a few rounds because it was going to take a big, serious investment to yeah. get him into your organization. You guys made that investment and he's off to a very good start already. Yep. But you guys have to be excited about that. He turns down a scholarship offer to Arizona no State, question. and you were able to come up with the, the, the means to get him into a Brewers uniform. It's really a great job by our, by our scouting staff and Ray Montgomery to um, form the relationship with the kid and the family uh, to the point where they felt comfortable joining the Brewers organization, uh, passing up that, that very unique opportunity to go to Arizona State mm -hmm. and play baseball um, at, a, at a big conference school like that with a lot of uh, baseball tradition. Uh, so very happy to get him in the organization. As you mentioned, he's off to a good start, which, yeah. which doesn't hurt. Um, and he's an exciting guy. It's, it's a pure bat. It's a power bat. Uh, he's very young, so we're going to give him time to develop. Uh, he'll, he'll play this entire season in rookie ball and, and certainly a, another young quality person and quality player to add to the, to the organization. I was able to go see Wisconsin last week, and I was really struck by Isan Diaz and, and, and so many things about him, not just what he's doing on the field, but he seems like a very grounded, mature guy. He's bilingual, which is never a bad thing in terms of the clubhouse as well. 
Um, he's just an interesting person, but boy, he's having a tremendous season. And, and since the calendar flipped to June, he's been as good as about anybody in, in minor league baseball. Absolutely. He is, uh, he, he's a pretty unique person when you get to know mm -hmm. him and, and talk to him for a little bit. He is very grounded. Um, he's very well-spoken. He's very thoughtful uh, about both his career and the game and, and his development. Um, and he's done a, a really a great job all season, even a little bit earlier in April or May. Um, where the hits weren't falling. The process was great. He was making hard contact. He was working hard. Um, and generally when that happens, the results will follow. And we've certainly seen that. So uh, the tear he's been on in the Midwest League um, is as good a tear as I've ever seen at, at a lower level, um, a lower level league. He's, uh, he, he's, been, he's been very impressive, um, really on both sides of the ball. And so that's, that's an exciting an exciting guy to have um, moving through our system. Not an overly tall guy, but he is put together. Yes, I mean, there's some strong. strength and there's some pop in that bat. There is. I think he's up to, to uh, double-digit home yeah. runs or, or close to it at this point. And um, he, he's got another 20 doubles, I believe. So there's plenty of power in there. Um, he is going to be an offensive-oriented middle infielder mm -hmm. uh, and, and a guy who can juice the ball when he gets his right pitch. Okay, let's go back to the big league club a little bit uh, and talk about uh, the Brewers on the field in 2016. We mentioned the Aaron Hill deal, and clearly I think everybody is understanding that if somebody comes at you with the right return, you're going to be open-minded about it. How have you guys communicated those things with the guys? Because it seems like you guys have been pretty open about it all and had good communication throughout the year with these guys. We are, and a lot of the players who are being rumored to be discussed in trades um, are veteran players who yeah. have been through this before, right. and they understand um, how, this, how this works this time of year. Um, they understand our obligation to explore every avenue. Um, a lot of these guys have told me, hey, if I were in your shoes, I'd explore everything as well. It, it, sure. it's, our, um, it's our jobs to take calls and, and think about different opportunities. Um, they also understand they still have a responsibility to play out here. They're still members of the Milwaukee Brewers, mm -hmm. um, and, and they're doing a very good job of keeping their minds focused on, on what they have to do each night, which is, um, which is play in front of 30,000 people in a really challenging game. So um, from, from what I've seen so far, uh, everyone's doing a great job keeping the distractions out of the clubhouse, and from my seat, that's all you can ask. One of the things that, and, and this year will prove this with Junior Guerra's emergence, is there, there's great players all over the world. Yep. There's guys that go undiscovered or have different unique stories, like we just talked about with Aaron Wilkerson, and Junior Guerra is certainly one of those guys. I mean, it, he is great proof that if you are diligent and if you do your homework, you can uncover some great gems out there. And, and this is beyond just, hey, this is a nice little stretch. Junior Guerra has a plus pitch in that splitter and has established himself as a really legitimate starter in Major League Baseball. He's turned himself into an enormous asset for our organization. He's worked incredibly hard, not just this year, but over the last couple of years yeah. to get to this point. Um, he and Derek Johnson have, have, have worked well together, which has been uh, wonderful for me to see and, and the advancements that he's made even at his time during his time here at the, at the Major League level. And you're right, he, he has um, he has a fastball in the mid-90s, he has a plus splitter, he has a curveball that, uh, that opponents need to at least respect. And when you have three pitches that you can throw for strikes that hitters need to respect, uh, it often leads to success. So he, he's done a, a great job, um, and, and it's sustainable. Um, I don't think this is a, a flash in the pan given the, the stuff he's, he's thrown out there right now. It's something we believe he can continue. Willie Peralta and Taylor Youngman both at different levels now. Youngman's in Biloxi. Willie is in Colorado Springs. What is your communication with those two guys? Because they are still relatively young, and there's yeah. still a lot of career in front of them. 
So when I was in Colorado Springs, I had a chance to talk with Willie. Um, he believes he's heading in the right direction, and um, our pitching coach down there, Fred Dabney, believes he is as well. That, that's encouraging to hear. Uh, the results haven't been there quite yet. Sometimes in Colorado Springs, you have to, right. you have to interpret that a little bit. Um, but look, Willie's a guy who has had a lot of success out here um, in the not-too-distant past, and we believe he can get it back. Um, he certainly believes he can get it back, and he's working hard to do so. And similarly with Taylor, um, this is a guy who, who at this point last year was the, one of the best, if not the best, starter on our major league team. Mm -hmm. And so um, he's working hard as well. Uh, he was in Colorado Springs. We sent him down to Arizona uh, to, to work with our pitching coaches down there, take him out of game action. Now he's back in Biloxi uh, working his way back up. So uh, we see this. This happens. Um, mm -hmm. Guys have, have hiccups in their careers, and they battle back and, and oftentimes can return and, and, and be even better. So. Um, we're looking forward to going through that process with these two players. They both have a, uh, some work left to do to, to get back here, and they know that. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll see where it heads from here, but I'm certainly happy with the effort. Is there a fine line between working with them mechanically and maybe just letting them mentally take yes. a break as well? Because yeah, I, I, I'm reminded of the Scott Casimir situation. Obviously, he had a longer period of time where he had great success on the major league level, but then... He ran into some troubles, and, and he talked about he just needed to push back for a little bit and decompress and then get back in and kind of rebuild himself. Is, is that always something you have to consider, too? Hey, this guy just needs a little bit of mental downtime before we just start to overwhelm him again with tweaks and mechanics and things of that nature. And, and that's something we rely on our coaching staff yeah. a lot to, to help us understand how, how is the player doing both uh, mechanically and physically and how is he doing mentally. And, right. and um, does the player need a break? Do we need to back off? Uh, and our coaches have done a, a pretty good job of staying attuned to those types of things. David, you are a busy man. Uh, it's going to be a busy month, obviously. We appreciate you taking the time with us. My pleasure. David Stearns, General Manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, with us here on Brewers on Tap TV. Checking in on the farm. Bah. All right, we start in Colorado Springs. The Sky Sox continue to play solid baseball at 44-43 and through Monday's games. And they've enjoyed some new additions over the past month or so. Let's start with left-handed pitcher Josh Hader, who was promoted from AA Biloxi earlier this season. The highly thought-of prospect traveled to San Diego for the Futures game on Sunday. He recorded a strikeout in his third of an inning of work. Hader joined baseball's top prospects to play in that game at Petco Park. Also, the promotions of Nate Orff and Kyle Wren have been very timely for the Sky Sox. Both are hitting with great consistency and drawing their fair share of walks. Orff has primarily played second base while Wren has been in the outfield. New addition Aaron Wilkerson threw four scoreless innings on Sunday in his first start as a member of the Sky Sox. In AA Biloxi, the Shockers have gotten off to a slow start to their second half in the Southern League at just 6-12. and 12. Worth noting, however, that many of the key pieces to that team have been moved up to AAA. The previously mentioned Josh Hader, Nate Orff, and Kyle Wren all key pieces to that team's success early in the season. Taylor Youngman's now in double-A, pitching for the Shuckers, and although the Brewers are taking their time with working Youngman back, he's shown some progress in his last two starts. In fact, on Sunday, he struck out 12 over four and two-thirds innings pitched. That's a pretty good start on his road that hopefully leads back to Milwaukee. In Class A advanced Florida State League, Brevard County has had its struggles win-loss-wise, but there are some very bright spots prospect-wise, and you have to start with Cody Ponce. The right-hander is working his way back from injury and seems to be getting stronger with each outing. He's thrown 11 shutout innings while giving up just five hits and striking out 17 batters. 
The Manatees are 27-59 overall and 4-14 in the second half of the season through Monday's games. But they've added recent first-round draft pick Corey Ray to the mix and fifth overall selection. He's already collected a couple of hits and driven in a few runs. First baseman Dustin DeMuth, the former Indiana Hoosier, has been red hot recently. That included a seven-game hitting streak that was snapped over the weekend. DeMuth also had five straight multi-hit games during that streak, and he's hitting 340 since the calendar flipped to July. A few young arms that have recently been called up to Brevard County include Marcos Diplon and Freddie Peralta from the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Both were having tremendous seasons in Class A and are exciting young prospects. Speaking of the Timber Rattlers, they're currently at 44-45, and 10-9 in the second half. Shortstop Isan Diaz has been the headliner since June. Diaz up to 12 home runs now, 22 doubles on the season. This is all through Monday's games, and hitting 305 over his last 30 games. Additionally, recent 2016 draftee, Corbin Burns and Zach Brown. Both have been promoted to Wisconsin, as has youngster Trey Supak, who was acquired in the Jason Rogers deal last year. Barnes threw four scoreless innings in his debut, while Supak threw four innings and allowed one earned run in his Class A debut. In the Pioneer League, the Helena Brewers season's underway, and they're currently at 10-14. and 14. A handful of 2016 prospects are there, including third baseman Lucas Ursig. Ursig's hitting 388 on the season and 88 bats. Get this, though. It's a small sample size, but he's 8 for 11 with two doubles, a home run, and four RBIs versus left-handed pitching this year. That's getting it done. Second baseman Franley Mallon is turning heads in Helena as well. He's just 19 years old from the Dominican. He is hitting 356 and 59 at bats and sports an 888 OPS. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Brewers, of course, they go on the road when they come out of the All-Star break with a three-game series in Cincinnati before a three-game series in Pittsburgh with an off day in between there. Then they come home. Cubs on Friday, July 22nd, Saturday, July 23rd, and Sunday, July 24th. And then the Diamondbacks come to town Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's a four-game series with the Diamondbacks. And there's a bunch of stuff going on throughout that series. Monday the 25th, 620 start, $6 Miller High Life Monday. Terrace Reserve tickets, just $6 on that night. Tuesday the 26th at 7.10 p.m. Wednesday the 27th at 7.10 p.m. And Thursday the 28th at 1.10 p.m. Kids and seniors discount day. Kids 14 and under and seniors 60 over save 50% on tickets. That series is going to feature, of course, Paul Goldschmidt and the Arizona Diamondbacks coming to town at Miller Park. Should be a lot of fun. We hope you'll be able to join us out at the ballpark as the month of July rolls on. Hope you're enjoying your all-star break, everyone. We'll talk to you again next week on Brewers on Tap.